The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench with you. And uh, I have the uh, I have the uh, big fella in here right now. Boston, he means business, dude. If I could show you him, I would, but I can't. A, he's 120 pounds, and you cannot, like, try to... Like go up to him and be like, "Hey, come here! I want to, I want to uh, put the camera on you or anything." I mean, this dog will bite your arm off. I mean, he is Carver Hyatt. He knows. He'll tell you, man. This dog is Cujo. I mean, you don't. This dog, like, I'm like, "Hey, man, you want to run through the sprinkler?" He's like, <laughs> "He means business." Man. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to mess around with that dog. You know, you don't want anything to do with that dog. That dog if you go nice. near. If you go near this dog when it's got like food or a bone or a toy or a towel, for some reason he's obsessed with towels. He has like, he'll put an entire big like bath towel in his mouth. And uh, he's got literally jaws of steel. I mean, this dog, it is like, I mean, if this dog bites you, you are done. I mean, done. It'll tear your arm clean off. And uh, I've seen it. It is vicious. Like there, like I can't even let kids in the house. I, it, I cannot let anyone in the house. Like the dog will attack. It's crazy. It's an absolute savage. It's awesome. No one comes near my house. If someone came to rob me, they're doomed. <laughs> I mean, this dog will kill you. It is powerful. It's powerful. I mean, this dog. It literally is. I. It's like. Um, it's a combination, I think, of Jack Lambert uh, and uh, I'd say uh, Jack Youngblood, uh, Deacon Jones. <laughs> Is that about <laughs> sum it up? Mike Singletary. Uh, and uh, I think Joe Green. A combination of all those in one, one animal. Vicious. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table – 
with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So I was just dropping bombs on the, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know, communication with uh, Carver High. And he was like, all right, all right, all right, stop. Because he knew uh, that we well, were going back on the air. It's hard because my little, you know, the the pattern that I go by here to bring us back on, because we are, of course, doing radio and you are on the Sports Grid Radio YouTube page. So what I like to do is when the music starts, I usually like to take the board down and, and show you coming back and you're kind of usually jamming out to the music and things right. like that. So I will show you before I put your mic back on. And on that particular instance, you were, if you were watching on YouTube, you could see Scotty's still talking to me about something. <laughs> and, Bad. and I'm like, and I can't bring your mic up till you stop. So I go, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know, well, let's stop. Uh, I mean, you know, I gotta be honest with you. Like, so when I used to do the show over the years, you know, if you go back to L.A. and uh, San Francisco, then L.A., then, um, you know, really, I'd say Howard Stern when I was there for all the years at, at uh, Sirius, that uh, they let me, uh, you know, because of uh, the freedom and the uh, ability to do uh, no censorship radio, and then literally that they had owned all those uh, radio rights, right? Like the uh, they had the uh, music uh, rights, right? So they had ASCAP and everything, whatever. People may not know what that means, but what it means in in our language is you're not allowed to play the music, okay? Uh, if you if you have paid those royalties, you can play the music. If you haven't, you can't, right? So uh, they have paid those royalty fees and they play whatever they want right and then uh they had the rights to all the sports they had uh every single sport every one of them they even you know obviously they run nascar too right they have everything they have golf i mean they had a uh, play-by-play golf right like i remember listening to pga radio on there like katrick and uh Dusik and those guys are on there and uh, they do uh, home and road for all the you know NFL and baseball games and hockey games and and everything. And you can hear college football both home and road. It's it's crazy, right? So I used to do the show and uh, I played music the whole show, and the show was notoriously kick ass because of the music. And it was the same way when I did it in L.A. and San Francisco uh, because they had. At the time, back then, they had uh, those stations had had paid those uh, ASCAP fees, and they had had the right to play the music. And so, um, I know that we use uh, like don't we use like sound beds or something? We use like like it's regenerated music, right? It's like, isn't it the music of like the, it's all the songs, but they're just like redone, right? 
sort of something like that. Yeah, it's it, it's basically obviously like royal. You know, it's it's music that you can play over the air. That's not right. it's royalty free kind of. Right, but it, it's royalty free music that you can play. That that and pretty much that's what we use. And right. so no no big deal. It's it's not a. I'm not slamming anyone. I'm just telling you that when uh, I played all the songs on the show and played music and played bands and you know i got famous for playing metallica on the radio i got famous for playing uh god smack on the radio why do you think all those rock stars come on my show like slash and everyone at guns and roses and motley crew and all those guys are friends with me because i played all their music and uh i played it before anyone else right and uh, everybody knew it. There was some crazy dude on the radio at night in Los Angeles shredding. And that was me. And uh, and he was talking sports while he was shredding. And he was like playing music the whole show while he was talking sports. It was crazy. And and I think he's a drunk and he's pouring drinks and smoking weed and, and there's strippers in the studio. And that's what made the show so kick ass. And then I just think that uh, nowadays with all these rules and everything and uh, these you know, I can only play certain music and everything else. I just think it sucks. It's just awful. I, I just think it's flat out awful. And that's just all there is to it. And no one is ever going to change my opinion of that. So don't waste your time talking to me about it. Don't ever like, call. you know, Scott, we just, we just can't have you talking about the music and the rights and, and things of this nature. We, we just, we just can't have it. We're, we're just not going to have it. We're, we're, you know, it's just not necessary. <laughs> it actually is necessary. And so it, it is, uh, it, you know, it, it's for me, like over the years, it's just gone downhill. <laughs> it's just going like, it's just like, I used to have so much fun when I shredded, right? And now I got to play like some 10 second music bed and I want to kill myself. Carver High's in there just pulling his hair out of his head right now. He's just like, He's going, <laughs> what are you doing to me? I'm going to be on the phone all morning. I just, you know what I mean? I tell it like it is. Like, you know what you're, I mean? You're you're airing your grievances. That's, that's what you're It's doing. not a grievance toward any individual or any company or anything else. I just think it sucks. No, it has nothing to do. It is what it is. Uh, I mean, that's just the way that the world is now. The world is different than it was when you were just uh, thrashing left and right on KMBR and doing all like there was just did you hear any now. did you hear any of the old shows I aired that sure. how much better they are <laughs> I mean they're just it's night and day it's just night and day and I mean the old ones I played like from that 94 96 98 2000 2005 I heard, I heard all that stuff growing up I, I've told you this a bunch of times before even before I started working with you I mean. I would listen to you at night. I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old uh, in the late or mid to late 90s on the fan in New York when you were syndicated on there and you'd be on late at night. And uh, yeah, I'd pop you on and it was great. It was it was just now, uh, it was so, so different than everything else. And now they've tried they, literally they've tried to ruin me and they've tried to make me boring like everybody else. That's what they've done. They're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to shut him down and we're going to make him we're going to make him be boring like everyone else. We're going to stop all those music shenanigans. There's not going to be any of those strippers and porn stars and there's not going to be any of that that crazy language of his, his lingo 
speaking some kind of foreign tongue. He's got some kind of drug lingo going, that guy. He's yes. speaking in, he's, I don't know, it's Colombian or something. He's I into cocaine don't want or you something. To play music anymore. Just stop with the music, please. That's what they, that's I what they just said don't want you does. playing any more music. Can you listen, not play it? This Come is the on. boss. Listen, listen to him. I just, I just, Scott, I love you, but just stop with the rock and roll music, please. I need you said. to just, just take calls and talk sports. Here's Why do you got to play the music? <laughs> He called me one day in Los Angeles. I was baked out of my face. I was laying naked in my pool in the backyard on a raft. I got the phone on the side of the pool on speaker. I'm not even listening to the guy. And he's like, uh, what is Jesus, listen, what is that? I just stop with all of the, what is Jesus, listen, for Christ's sakes. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never did that. I've never slept with a lizard. <laughs> That's what he said to me. Just stop with the hockey talk and all the Led Zeppelin and oh, just stop it already. Mike and the Mad Dog don't approve of your style of broadcasting. They are, listen, they are on a level you'll never be at. It's because of you and all of this motley crew stuff. Shout at the devil. <laughs> That's what he used to say to me. Just stop with the music, please. Okay. So when I got in, I left there and I got in a fight with a guy. I said, just admit it to me once. Just admit it to me once that he's a hunk. And then, and I was like, just he's a hunk, hunk, hunk. And then the guy, the, the guy's been doing it for 40 years. And I finally, I just said, listen, just do me one favor before I never work for you again as long as I live. Just say it once that I'm right and that this guy is a piece of hmm. And the guy, he finally, he finally just said it to me right on the phone the whole time. And I was like, it's so refreshing to hear you finally just let your hair down and admit all the people work with are scumbags. Thanks for that. Nice to you. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so for all on the bench, all right, you want to do uh, – it's very important that we uh, talk some sports on the show <laughs> because otherwise 
I'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we got we got to do something. We got. We got no, but uh, I'm gonna punch your face. I'm gonna punch your face. Here's another one. I want to talk hockey with you, but I I saw the picture of you in that uh, comp. What's the guy's name? B comp. Uh, the yeah, two of you fascists. Unbelievable. Like I, well, I saw the picture of like the Islanders. And they were like. I don't know. At center eyes, they were all practice this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were all in their like, you know, practice jerseys. They had like the, you know, the, the blue shirt over the uniform and they were, you know, at center eyes, like having a team conversation. Yeah. First and day then, back. And then like he, he, you said something and then he wrote, he like wrote something about how excited he was and you were excited and everything else. And then I was going to write on there. I'm like, Drawing up those Stanley Cup final plans already at center ice in the warm-up jerseys they got going today, huh? But I figured if I would have said that to you two fascists, you would have been down my throat like two-on-one style because uh, I just um, – I mean, you guys, uh, you two are crazy. Like, you get really excited just even when they put skates on. You're, you guys, you two no, are I, ready. No, look, it, it, this is in general. I mean, you look around today. If you're a big hockey fan – Today was such a huge day because not just, a, you know, a, for a team that you're a fan of. Obviously, it was cool. You know, the Islanders are back on the ice. But my entire Twitter timeline today was filled with that going on around the entire league. Every team practicing, getting together. It felt like we are actually going to do this thing again. We're going to get some guys on the ice. Just like if you're an enormous NBA fan, the last few days are probably exciting for you because – you know, everybody's in the bubble now, and it seems like you're going to get NBA basketball back. It's no, no, just, no. My, my team was time. having – no, it wasn't. My team was having, like, rectal yeah, thermometers but, brought well, in. My your team, team was, was in a hospital room. did the right thing. You, those guys are not in a hospital room. And, and I know that it looks bad because a lot of people, because it's hockey, they're not going to read the entire story. They're going to see Penguins send nine players home, you know. Nine players didn't test positive for COVID yet, at no. least. What no. they've done is they know that all these players went into contact with somebody who did test positive. So they are taking precautions. So just in case any of these guys do, they don't give it to more people around the Penguin facility. So, so it's really a me? smart move. But do you agree with me on the show today when I said, like, it makes no sense to me at all why any league, any sport, any team, any franchise, any conference, NCAA, NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, any of them, that they won't release the names of people that have it? Like, what, are we supposed to guess who has it when guys are walking around and some guy in the room has it? I, I think everyone deserves to know who's sick and who isn't. I don't understand what the whole uh, secrecy and privacy thing is about. It makes no sense to me. If you fail the test, you should be listed as COVID-19 so that people know not to go around you. I don't understand it whatsoever, hiding the information. Uh, look, they're hiding the information from us, okay? They're hiding the information from the media and the general public. Trust me, these guys in the organization and other guys on the team, they know who has it and who doesn't because that's how the Penguins were able to identify all the guys that have been in contact with whoever, you know, patient A is, you know, because everybody in the room knows because trust me, whoever has it in, let's say, the Penguin room uh, you know, all the Penguin people and the medical staff are going to go, hey, uh, Sid, uh, 
Gino, you know, all you guys, stay away from 27 over there. You know, like they, they in the room know who has it. In the NBA bubble, they know who has it. I got a video of Carver High and Compton running around with spray bottles in the Penguins locker room filled with COVID. And they were spraying all their equipment. And then they were wearing blue Islander hats. And they were running out of the building with a, like a oil fire behind them. The two of them, a conspiracy to get my whole team sick, Carver High, trying to I know that, start I know that, I know that this response is going to get you to just give me the, you know, that they've won a couple cups in the last few years. But I'll have a little fun with you here and say they didn't need a pandemic to sweep them last year. So they're they're, they're doing just fine. The Islanders didn't need a pandemic to sweep the Penguins last year in the first yeah, round. Yeah, and, uh, and the Islanders needed <laughs> Go ahead. Give me the Stanley Cup. <laughs> the Blue Jackets either. How's that taste? I know. What's they got, they, they got racked. Swept yourself. Uh, what's worse? <laughs> I don't know what's worse. To win by four straight and then lose four straight. How does that happen? I don't know I what's worse. If me. I lose four straight after sweeping the Penguins, honestly, after you sweep the Penguins four straight and lose to that hack team in four straight, you need a shrink. That was, uh, and you know, I was upset when Carolina swept them right after they swept. They sweep the Penguins. Carolina, what did I say? Columbus. Uh, Columbus beat ta- beat Tampa, and then they lost to Boston. Right. Um, but I was so I was guy. I was like, man, they swept the Penguins. You know, they're playing Carolina, who, who upset the defending champs and the Capitals. I figured, here we go, Islanders. Uh, maybe get a little run here, and then they ran into the Hurricanes, and they couldn't do anything. It was just. Absolutely brutal. That is the one team. When you look at this Eastern Conference and all the teams that are involved in it, you know, I look up and down, and obviously you don't want to play Boston. They're so good. And you don't want you don't want to play Tampa. They're so good. But when I look at these other teams kind of in the middle with the with the Islanders, it, I don't want to play that team that swept me last year. I don't want any part of the Carolina Hurricanes because they're a bad matchup for the New York Islanders. You just don't play well against them. But the problem for Carolina is they have now walked into a bad matchup for them. Because the Rangers have beaten Carolina about a billion times in a row. That's regular season. Who cares? This is a whole different game. But, man, I don't want any part of Carolina. I, I would love the Rangers to just knock them out. Get what, them out of here. What does it mean at all, if anything, that uh, the way – does it mean anything at all that the way they were playing uh, going out? Like the Islanders had lost like seven in a row or something like that. Does that mean nothing now because it's all over and done and swept under the rug? Or is that who they are? No, I think that for everybody, and this goes for the teams that were hot and the teams that were cold, I just don't under, I just don't see how four months off is going to translate into anything that you were doing in mid-March. You know, the Islanders were absolutely brutal. They had lost seven in a row when the season stopped. They were missing guys left and right. They have all those guys back now. I mean, Casey Zizekas, Adam Pellick, Johnny Boychuk, guys that are a big part of their team, they have them all back. I mean, the Penguins get Gensel back. Columbus gets uh, Seth Jones back. You know, everybody's healthy. Everybody is so – it's such a fresh start. I don't – the Flyers were playing so well in the middle of March. They were beating everybody's ass. And now right. the Fly, what? how does it help them that they've sat around for four? It's a whole new ball game now. It just is. I hate the Flyers. I do too. I don't like the Flyers at all. I, I can't stand you know, them. You know what's great about hating the Flyers is that – uh, they've lost for so long. I mean, they, even when they were great and they literally in the, you know, like whatever the years that they did well, even made the finals, uh, and lost, yeah. they haven't won it since 75. Right. So 
and no one wants to hear this. Uh, Gabe and, and Cam don't want to hear it, but 1967 is when the Leafs last won a cup, right? So can you imagine that the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Philadelphia Flyers, 67 and 75, the last times those two have ever won it? it that is truly amazing to me. It really is. So no matter what, the Flyers could be the greatest team on earth. Like a few years ago, they beat the Penguins. I'm, I'll never forget. I was in St. Martin in the Caribbean for like two weeks. And the entire series played out when I was in the Caribbean. And every night I'd watch the game and I'd be you know, wearing my – Was that the series wearing, where yeah. they played like a whole bunch of like nine, seven games and yeah. 11 to eight? Like it was yeah. just – and they were fights left and right. And they like, lost. It was like 1980s hockey all over again. And it was awful. And they lost to them. And I was sitting there going, this is the worst. Worst. This is the worst. But what was great for me is, is that even though, I, you know, the Penguins lost to him and I've lost to Montreal, I've lost to the Islanders. I've lost to the Islanders multiple times in my lifetime, yes. but three, I don't. Three big ones. Yeah. But it's like, you know, for me, I mean, the Penguins losing to the Islanders is multiple times. But for me, uh, at some level, watching all of them suffer all these years is no different than me watching the Penguins suffer all through the 70s and 80s until 91 when they won it. And then they've won five since, five Stanley Cups. So I've had all my success since 91, 92, uh, 09, 16, and 17, 2016 and 2017, five Stanley Cups. And I've watched the Flyers absolutely lose every time. And then the Islanders have... They haven't had any luck either uh, since the 80s. And, I mean, they beat the Penguins, but they, they don't win the cup. And so right. you could you can win all you want. It, it's like beating the Penguins last year. You turn right around and lose to Carolina. At some level, for me, as a Penguin fan, I'm just being honest, all the teams I hate, uh, if they don't win it and I don't win it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, well, as long as they don't win it, I'm cool. Because uh, the Islanders have tortured me my whole life, so I don't like them. Yeah. And well, they, I like you, I like you as a friend. I like you as you a know, friend, but I hate yeah. your hockey team. And you hate oh, mine. So kiss my ass. How's that sound? And then the Flyers fans, I hate all of you dead. So And the Rangers, I'm not a fan of them either. Uh, but, you know, the Rangers are complete peas. They've only done it once in 94 because they bought that thing. And that's fine, too. But uh, they earned it. Messier got it done. I'll give him that. And uh, Lowe and all these guys. Whatever. Uh, it is what it is. But, I mean, that took 54 years for them to get it done. Like, we, if they hadn't won it then in 94, we'd still be making fun of them. I mean, and then it was the same thing with the Red Sox. We made fun of them forever, right, until they finally yeah. did it. And then they did it at our expense, which was horrible uh, for, for me. As and, a Yankee. and they've done it a bunch of times since now, too. Multiple, multiple times the Sox have won since uh, getting over the hump. Yeah, but they're going to suck again now. They're, I, I so. truly believe, I mean, what do they got? Two good players on the whole team? I mean, honestly, uh, who do they have? J.D. Martinez. And they got the kid in, uh, what's his name? The left fielder. Ben Attendi. I mean, I had to think of his name for five minutes just to remember it. So I was on the uh, chat, right? I, I did a little chat action tonight for you, Carver High, in there. Look at you getting involved uh, on the technical side, going into the chat room, hanging with the people. Uh, it's nice to see. Nice to see. Give it, 
I gave it the old college effort right there. The old, uh, you know, getting in involved a little bit. All right. So you didn't tell me. Uh, I know you wanted to uh, tell me what you thought of the Fight Island festivities, where they yeah. uh, sold you the bill of goods for a week. Tell telling you, I remember Dana on Friday uh, said. Literally, I saw a press conference. He said, "Where I said this today on Coast to Coast that he was selling that in 2019, their entire year of merchandise at UFC, uh, they outsold the entire year of 2019 for this fight card alone. This one fight card with three title fights for for whatever the buildup of it for two weeks of merchandise that they sell for fights right. outsold the entire 2019 merchandise uh profits in one card and it was the biggest basically he said it was the biggest event they've ever had bar none and uh, it was going to be the greatest card ever and then uh they you know he obviously know they know how to sell like no other they're great promotion and right. promoters and they're really good at selling it and then um the card, it, it clearly, I mean, without a doubt, right, failed to deliver. I mean, there was like the, the chick fight was Thug Rose fight was the only good fight. I mean, I, I said today that the preliminary card was better than the main card. Yeah, and and here's the thing for me, and you know where I come from this when it comes to the UFC. I am looking, I come from the casual fan standpoint when we talk UFC. Like Mafia's into it big time. There's other people that live for this stuff. They know every single fighter. They watch all these dopey fight nights and all this stuff they're doing on Wednesdays and Saturdays, like all these non-pay-per-views. I am there for the big event. I want to see big fights, especially when they get hyped up to me like they did last week. Now, all week, I got, I'm like, this guy's taking the fight on six days' notice. He's, he's this bad dude. He's always talking smack to everybody. I want right. to watch this Masvidal guy show up at Abu Dhabi and, and beat up this guy, Usman. I want to see it. Now, I don't know a lot about Usman because I am not in-depth in it. I'm casual. I like to bet on the fights, the big fights. So they wrote me in for this one on Saturday. And I got to tell you, I didn't watch any prelims because I, I am not, I don't care enough about it to watch all the prelims. I was there for the money. I was there for your pay-per-view, 65 bucks, whatever it was that they plunked down to make you watch this fight. And I sat there and I was like, there's three things that absolutely bothered me. I thought that the Jan fight was, was great because I, I, I bet on Jan to win by knockout and, and, he, and he beat Aldo around by the end of the fight. But that ref in that fight, I mean, that guy should be fired. He almost killed I, I mean, him. He almost killed the guy. I mean, he was just absolutely beating the hell out of him at the in that fifth round. And the guy stood there and let Jan just continue to just hammer away on the guy's head. Uh, that guy should have been fired, whoever that ref was. The second fight, which was the Holloway fight, and and like I I've seen enough fights, even though I'm a casual fan. I how did how the guy lose the fight? I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. And that's just me who doesn't know a lot about it. How Holloway lost the fight. He beat. He dominated the first two rounds. I get that the other guy Volanovsky was better in you know in the last three. Uh, I just didn't think he was clearly that much better than him. And then you get to the last one, and th and I get the guy was on six days notice. Um, this guy Usman, I won't buy another fight when he's in the main event. I get it's technical and he does the right thing and blah 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 blah. I'm paying money to watch a fight. I'm a casual fan. I want to see a fight. I don't want to see a guy. Put his arms around somebody and step on his toes for 25 minutes because that's what I watched. You watched it. I watched it. He stepped on his toes. He stepped on his toes 300 times for 25 minutes. That's That to me is not getting your money's worth if you're a casual fan. If you're a diehard MMA, UFC guy, I understood it. I get it. 
The casual fan like me wants to see violence. They want to see action. They want to see things. You didn't get it from that main event. I thought they did a, it was just awful. It was just, the whole thing was brutal. So I just wanted to say, and I'll get right back to this. Uh, I've seen your boy, uh, Chikorito. He had a penalty kick missed tonight for the Galaxy. And then he just missed a rebound. Like a ball went in from the side on a cross. And uh, the defender kicked it out right to Chikorito's foot. And the defender fell down. So the Chikorito had a straight shot at an open net. The goalie was out of the way, had no chance to save it. The defender was on his ass. All he had to do was kick it in, and he shot it over the crossbar from, like, 15 feet out. He has been terrible in this game. Like, he missed a penalty kick, and he just missed a wide-open net like the ocean from the beach, and he still missed it. So now we know why Chikorito uh, is playing in the MLS these days. Your boy Chicharito. What do you call him? Chicharito. Javier Hernandez. Yeah. He just came he came over a couple months ago to the Galaxy. He's at the end. He's one of these guys who's at the end. He's had a great – he's been playing soccer for a long time, and he's played at great clubs. Uh, he was at Man U for a long time. Did a lot of great things with the Mexican national right. team. He's a, he's a great player, but right. so let me, he's had a bad night. Not anymore. So anyway, the, uh, the guy – that I want to ask you about is going back to Masvidal. I don't, you know, all I've heard since he lost, all I've heard, and you knew it was coming, was he, he took the fight on six days' notice. He never got to train for the fight. Now, we've heard also on the same jargon about, oh, but he has been in the gym for five uh, months, right. uh, sparring with people and fighting every day against violent men. Uh, and just training with some of the most violent assassins on the face of the earth. So he's ready to rock and roll. Let's go. So I've heard all of it I could take. Now, if he would have won the fight, everybody would have talked about how he's this bad mother Pharrell and he's got the bad mother Pharrell belt and he can fight on six days notice. He can take on any comer in the world. He And they were selling that backyard Kimbo slice BS. I mean, all week it was, they just kept showing him walking into the backyard. Remember he was walking down the driveway and he came walking in with his ponytail on and he, he said he and his buddies all plunked down 50 bucks to make a bet to try to make 500 so they could all go eat at the fast food place. And he beat the crap out of some guy and, and just scold him 50 times in his mouth and then uh they're like he's the baddest dude him and kimbo slice baddest dude ever this guy fought in the streets of miami he's just a he's an assassin he's a killer he's an animal and then he went in and i mean he did absolutely nothing in that fight he, he did absolutely nothing he got his ass beat and he got dominated with every facet of the uh, of the sport, like every single way they judge a fighter, he got beat. And then afterwards, sure enough, here comes the wave, the tsunami of absolute BS about how he didn't have enough time to train for the fight. And, oh, don't worry, Masvidal will be back. He'll get another title shot. They love this guy. They He's turned into the new Conor McGregor. They can't get enough of him. I mean, I'm surprised they're not on their knees tonight offering him up a title fight next week. I mean, because he fights on six days notice. I mean, why isn't he fighting tomorrow night on Wednesday night or whatever it is? I know the guy's fighting Wednesday. Uh, they're having another card there Wednesday night. Why didn't he fight on that one, too? Because, the, I mean, Dana White, does he not just drop on his knees from one guy to the next? He goes right to the next meal, the next gravy train. He goes right from Conor McGregor, who's been his a lover. I mean, that guy's made him all his money. Now he's gone on to Masvidal. The guy got his ass beat. 
and they're still trying to sell him to me. They're still trying to sell him to me. Then they say he's going to fight Covington, and he's like, oh, that guy's a wussy. Uh, and everybody's a wussy, except when you lose, it's okay. I just didn't want to lose in front of my kids. Shut the Pharrell up. I can't even take it. They're selling you a bill of goods on this guy. He He's definitely a badass. There's no doubt the guy's violent. He can fight anybody. He's tough. Everyone loves him. I get the whole Scarface act, everything about it, his whole Miami thing. I love that he loves the U. I, I like his fights. I like... I like the guy. I, I just think, um, you know, at some point when, when you get your ass beat, everybody just needs to shut up about it. You know, you, you went out on six days notice and everyone knew you were going to use it as your excuse when you lost. And sure enough, that, that's exactly what they did. They just they just kept saying, ah, don't worry about it. He's the greatest fighter in the whole UFC. He just had he didn't he only had six days notice. But they yeah, were they, sure quick to they were sure quick to cut a deal with him and put him in there, weren't they? I mean, it, they they sold you that he was going to fight that night and win that fight. Everyone thought he was going to win the fight because he's such a bad mother Ferella, right? That's what they're selling you all the time. And then I heard this Okamoto guy say they should put him back in there with uh, Diaz because that was a war. So let's see him fight, fight again. Uh, and, and I want I'd like to see him I'd like to see him fight Connor too because we've talked about this now. Mafia swears that Connor so do will it. Have- have absolutely no chance against this guy. Now I get the whole six days uh, notice thing, but from what I watched on Saturday night, why couldn't Who Connor would have no beat chance. that guy? Who that, would have no Con- chance? that Connor would have no chance against Masvidal. From uh, from what I watched on Saturday, rest or you know six days notice or no six days notice, I didn't see anybody that was unstoppable to Connor McGregor. And, yeah, and I think Connor, I think Connor McGregor could fight Masvidal easily. And I think it would be a great fight because that's the kind of fight where two guys would be throwing bombs at each other. Like that yeah. that's the kind of fight that I want to see. But yeah. here's the problem. You know, this other dude, Connor, you know, does he ever fight where is he? I mean, can we find this guy? We pull he's him not, out. I mean, let's he's just, not in the know. game anymore. He's a whiskey uh-huh. uh peddler. <laughs> and he's that's what he is. He's a whiskey peddler now. He doesn't even fight. And then he's always showing off his watches and his clothes and his uh kid and he's like pimping his kid out and showing his, you know, uh, you know, he's a great dad and all this other nonsense. He just does not fight anymore. And let me tell you something. All this talk about that guy fighting, uh, boxing, Mayweather again and everything else. Just stop already, for Christ's he's sake. Gonna stop. He's going to box Mayweather again. He's going to box again. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Uh, Mayweather could beat him in a casket. They are going to sell if, you again. If Mayweather was dead in a casket and they were closing the de- the door to the casket and putting him in the ground, he'd still beat him. They're going to do it again. They're going to try to fool everybody. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not walking around a corner to see that crap. I- I'm not because the first one was garbage. It was utter garbage. Everybody's like, oh, he gave him three great rounds. Just stop. <laughs> no, Just stop what people don't already. understand is he let him. Give him three great rounds. They it were was putting all an act. A, it was a show, and Floyd knew going in, I can let this guy kind of hit me a couple times in the first rounds, get people excited, think he actually has a chance, and then I'll just take care of the rest. The whole thing was thing a was ruse. fixed from the jump. Exactly. It was, it was a ruse. The two of them sat. They they acted like they hated each other for months, and then the two of them sat in that ring afterwards at the T-Mobile. And they had the whiskey out, and they had the whole deal, and they're hugging and they each, other each other in the ring. And they, because they, they loved each other, because uh, before they went out in the ring, they looked at each other and said, "Can you believe that we just fooled all these people for hundreds of millions of dollars? We suckered Can you everybody. believe that we just did it?" 
Let's wait three or four another, years. We'll do it again. <laughs> I'll tell you another fight I don't want to see again is Mayweather uh, Pacquiao. Uh, I've already been down that that road less yeah, traveled. Shoulder things. was hurt. Shoulder was hurt. Don't shoulder was hurt. I, I just uh, I've seen Manny Pacquiao fight uh, literally fifty times. I'm done with it. Like I just don't even care anymore. I'm just like, oh my god, they're still selling me Manny Pacquiao. How bad is boxing? G- give me somebody else for God's sake. And then we get finally get good fighters uh, like Spence. And what does he do? He goes out and flips his car doing 105 miles an hour at three in the morning in Dallas, right? I, you know, they can't even keep their heads screwed on right. I mean, like, I don't know. I guess that's been the story for life, you know, whether you name the fighter, they've all had problems. Tyson had problems. They all had problems at some point or another. Every fighter uh, eventually has issues or whatever, and it, and it all comes to an end, crashing down. Not Not sometimes, not horrifically, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it's bad, right? But I've been watching boxing for, you know, for my whole life and going to fights, prize fights and title fights my whole life. No one's been to more title fights than me. I mean, honestly, the only people that have been to more title fights than me that are, are people that are in the boxing game, that are totally devoted. That's their whole life. And they're at every fight. And in fact, I heard from the boxing people the other day, Carver, and they're telling me we're going to be a fight before you know it. All right, Pharrell on the bench. I'll see you tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern on uh, Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. And, uh, Morenci's up next, Sports Rage. Uh, we bring in our boy uh, right now. Hey, Gabe, what did you think? You never uh, got a chance to talk to, uh, to me today. We were talking a little hockey. What did you think of that uh, UFC event? Carver High didn't like it at all. He thought he got ripped off. You know what? Uh, I enjoyed it because I absolutely crushed it. I thought it was going to be a chalky card uh, going in. We dodged a big, uh, big bullet, obviously, with the Volkanovski uh, decision. Props to uh, to FanDuel for actually uh, paying out people that had Max Holloway. That's pretty cool. Uh, they seem to do a lot of really cool promos like that, except whenever I lose a bet. <laughs> 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 like, whenever I lose a bet, like, they don't have a cool promo uh, like that. But they had a really cool promo uh, if you lost uh, on Max Holloway. That's that's good business. That's That shows, um, you know, that's just good business sense and, and a real uh, act. Of, uh, of faith. I'm amazed actually though that it had 1.3 million pay-per-views because Dana White said that the hype was through the roof leading into the week and a lot of people thought he was just sort of you know pulling a Don King and a Dana White and hype. He goes I tell you man he goes I haven't seen a fight tracking like this uh, since Khabib and Connor and people rolled their eyes but he ends up selling 1.3 million pay-per-views. That's, that's a lot of pay-per-views man. Yeah, listen, uh, Mafia went five and one in those bets. Uh, he did really well too. I I just thought I thought Holloway got robbed. I thought the Jan fight sucked. I thought the Usman fight sucked. I thought Thug Rose's fight was good. I thought some of the prelim fights were better than the pay per view card fights. Uh, but anyway, it is what it is. A huge success. Uh, let's see what they do this week. They're fighting again, I think, Wednesday night. All right, Marenzi, have a great show. Sports Rage coming up. Don't forget Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 a.m. Again, I'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on uh, Coast to Coast. Is that about sum it up, Carver High? Is that, does that cover everything? I think it does. He's giving me the finger, so that must mean the show's over. Good night, everybody.